Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith Guffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're going to be covering issues 48, 49, and 50 from Volume 1 of TMNT. That's Shades of Grey, Ripplings, and City at War, Part 1 of 13. One of 13. Goodness gracious. It's going to take us two months to get through. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is a long story arc, but it's a good one. But it like it feels like it's the story arc of Mirage. Yes. Oh yeah. It's it's very much like because I had heard of City at War before I even started like reading Mirage. Like I knew about City at War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This is why. Like even even though we kind of have done our own way of reading through this. Like, honestly, I would recommend to anyone like reading these the first time to just read what's in the ultimate collection, because like that's what's going to give you like an actual story with plot. You know, I'd maybe also include Tales of the TMNT in there if you want to throw those in there, but like not much more than that. Like I would really kind of just nix the guest era and just read this. Like, honestly, I think if if I was telling somebody to read Mirage for the first time, Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly think I would only tell them to read City at War. I don't know. Issue one is pretty important. And same I mean, with like Return to New York. One, okay, and... okay. 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 I mean, like issue one, everyone's got to read issue one. Okay. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's a given, but like read issue one and then go straight to City at War. I don't know. Don't, I, I wouldn't tell anybody to bother with anything else. Really? I mean, Leonardo, Leonardo number one, if He's they like, like it, Raphael number yeah. one. If they like it, that, that is a crazy idea, back. though, Mike, because you could just read number one and then City at War, just skip all those Shredder Resurrection and everything. And yeah, just, you know, you just have to know that they met Casey in April and moved out to Northampton. Oh. Yeah. Which we're back in Northampton. <laughs> yeah. Northampton is the Ninja Turtle capital of the world, apparently. Like, they honestly, <laughs> like, like I said, they, they spend more time in Northampton than they do. In New York, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So should we get into it? I was like, speaking let's of crazy, let's uh, let's tell some stories here. The ancient one did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. I'm up first tonight, so let me tell you a story. Uh, this is TMNT number 48, first published June of 1992. Story by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Writing by Peter Laird and Jim Lawson. Pencils by Jim Lawson. Inks by Keith Aiken, letters by Mary Kelleher. That's probably the biggest group of people that have worked on a single issue so far. <laughs> All right, so Splinter is sending the turtles out on an exercise run. April is going to drive them to Springfield where they need to find Casey. Casey has a three-hour head start. If they don't find him by 1 a.m., they'll need to walk home. Don is in the middle of a project and asks Splinter if he can stay back and work on it. Splinter says if that's the path he believes he must take, then he should stay back, and he does. April drives the turtles to Springfield on their way home, on her way home. The truck breaks down and she's helped by a passing motorcyclist. The turtles are patrolling Springfield and Raph has an idea. Instead of finding Casey, who's leaping around buildings and hiding in the shadows, they should look for his Chevy and wait for him at his car until he comes back at 1 a.m. Casey spotted the turtles from a rooftop and he's trying to find a new place to hide out. He goes through a park where a gang confronts him and says he needs to pay a toll if he wants to cross their turf. Casey says, I've got your toll right here, and pulls out a hockey stick 
and starts wailing on the dudes. Two of the guys get away, but a third is still lying on the ground after the fight. Casey tells him to get up and go home, but it's too late. In the confrontation, Casey accidentally killed the kid. Now, a shadowy figure saw the fight and leaps out to attack Casey. It's nobody. Uh, nobody tries to arrest Casey, but he's able to break away and run off. In the chase, nobody's cape gets caught on a swing set, giving Casey some time to get to a graveyard and think about what he's done. The two punks that got away are spotted by the turtles. They think that maybe Casey Jones was beating them up, so they double back and find the dead kid in the parking lot. They're able to follow a trail back to Casey. Nobody's caught up to Casey in the graveyard and after the fight is able to, to handcuff him. The turtles show up and get in an argument with nobody. They ask if nobody is killed before and he says that he has, but only in self-defense and he's a cop. Raph makes the point the last time they met, nobody shot down a helicopter with a rocket launcher. That was back in Tales Volume 1, Number 2. Uh, and that wasn't exactly self-defense and he's wearing a superhero costume right now not a police badge nobody agrees to hand Casey over to the, to the turtles Raph says that Casey will answer for whatever he's guilty of and justice will be served the end that was pretty heavy for like this issue I definitely didn't see that coming following that up is Ripplings uh, release date of July 1992 pretty much all of the same team AC Farley on the cover Kevin and Peter doing the story Jim Lawson on pencils Keith Aiken on inks Eric Talbot on tones and Mary Kelleher on letters our issue opens with April talking to her sister Robin over the phone April's worried about starting a relationship with a man who helped her out of a jam and robin is trying to figure out why her sister has been so mysterious about her life the past few years before any resolution is reached robin has to hang up to attend her baby as april puts the phone down she bumps into master splinter and begins to explain her problems she wants to live a normal life but she feels like she can't after knowing the turtles splinter just kind of turns to her thinks for a moment and responds leave Casey wakes up and quickly remembers what happened the night before. He then hurries to the bathroom and vomits. April walks by and calls out to see if Casey needs any help, and Casey just barks at her to get away from him. The bemused April O'Neill just walks away sad. Casey gets dressed in an awkward moment with April in the kitchen before he takes off into the woods. As he burns off his energy, Casey laments that if only the night had gone differently. Eventually, Casey comes to a waterfall where he sees Donatello just observing the stream. Donatello begins to tell him why he's doing it, just hanging out, trying to figure out what chaos theory is, because it's a brand new thing everyone's talking about. When Casey gets very heated at Donatello for seemingly no reason, Donatello explains to Casey that he's drunk and should probably go home and sleep it off before he says anything he regrets. Casey doesn't regret what he's doing and tries to pick a fight with Donatello. Donatello accepts the fight and promptly knocks Casey right on his ass down into the river that he was observing. Casey leaves and Donatello leaves too. Meanwhile, Raph, Leo, and Mikey are training in the barn when the news plays on in the, ra- in the background. Leo beats Raph in two out of the three falls when a news report comes on talking about a rise in gang fights amongst Asian gangs in New York. Hearing the story, Raph walks away. Later, Casey makes it to a playground where he accidentally killed the boy in the last issue. The policeman walks up to him, which is secretly nobody, uh, begins to talk to him about the night before. Nobody tells Casey that the three hoods turned themselves in after, after everything and that Casey's story and that their story matched Casey's, making Casey apparently an act of self-defense. Casey says, you sound disappointed. The vigilante cop says, do I? Well, I do prefer an open and shut case, and you seem guilty as hell, but facts are facts. And as much as I live to bring criminals to justice, I have to face those facts. Besides, the courts are full of poor jerks like you, ingested and spat back out. Guilty or innocent, it doesn't matter. They begin to talk about the yin-yang theory of balance in all things, and Casey understands what he's talking about and immediately just leaves. I thought it might be a sign, a sign that the end was near, you know, the beasts rising up, that sort of thing in the cop states. Casey answers, yeah, look, I got to go. Nobody says, I won't stop you. Casey then heads off in silence towards downtown Springfield. Yeah, it's just getting heavier. It is a really heavy issue. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite turtles. 
So, my issue, City at War, Part 1, Number 50, written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. It's like the, I mean, it's just like the old days where they draw and have inked and done everything in the book. Um, the other thing about the story is there's like five storylines all going on at once and they're like all interwoven in a cool poetic way. Uh, but it makes it hard to summarize in like words. So I'm going to kind of just split them up and, and summarize this in a weird kind of disjointed way, but it's the only way I could really manage to summarize it and at least make it make sense. This is like a good idea. Like as I was reading, I was like, man, I'm glad I did not choose this issue. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with Splinter meditates a lot like seasons pass and he's kind of sitting in the same spot meditating april is in the airport and boards a plane and leaves casey packs his stuff up and leaves the turtles uh hear more about the severe asian gang war going on on the radio and pack their stuff up and leave during all of this, we cut to scenes of an old immigrant walking home to his apartment above a sex shop. He then watches the news where he hears about his shattered country. And throughout the entire uh, book, we hear different radios and stuff talking about this country that is splintering and shattering. And also below him in the building below, we see a foot ninja plant a bomb in the building. And at the end of the issue, it blows up and we see in shattered panels, everyone splitting off into their own separate courses. The end. Riveting. Yeah, that's you know that's the best was, way I could summarize that. It was a trip. Yeah. It was it was definitely a trip. It was, and we we will talk about that trip in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So fun fact: apparently, the Jeep April drives is modeled after Kevin Eastman's grandfather's Jeep. That uh, he grew up, uh, I guess, taken taken for spins, and I guess they also used it maybe at Mirage Studios. I'll have to go back and look at the. Is that the same uncle that gave them the money to? Oh, so it's his grandfather, not uncle. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Kevin's so... grandfather's Jeep. It's just what he said in the in the commentary in the back of the book that he'd uh, driven around it a lot. I don't think they'd use it at Mirage Studios, but anyway, my point is, is it's modeled after his grandfather's Jeep. I'm gonna. Well, they end did use my... it. It did use it and kept breaking down and like we gotta put this in a story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, for sure, it was his grandfather's. That's what I know. Uh, I didn't write down more notes than that from the uh, the sum <laughs> from his commentary. So that's awesome. I'm gonna leave it at that. It's his grandfather's Jeep modeled after it. <laughs> I was I was thinking like when was the last time we saw nobody? Because he's been gone since what issue two of the I, of tales i completely mm -hmm. forgot he was the character yeah so that's that, how long it's been this issue was published in what did i say june 90, of 92 92 yeah tales number two was july of 87 so it's been five years since we've seen nobody it's a crazy amount of time yeah it's also crazy to think that like the last movie that was out Ninja Turtles wise was Secret of the Use. So if you go from like Secret of the Use to this, yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. wild to think that like this is like this is basically like I don't want to say like towards the end of like classic era Turtles, but like you think of Turtles like you think of it as an '80s comic, and then like now like we're squarely into like turtle mania here yeah like we're almost we're almost right before the downturn <laughs> when city at war comes out yeah like it's just that's just wild for me to think um i don't really have a whole lot of notes for this issue like other like nothing nothing stood out to me that i really noticed other than like it's been years since we saw nobody yeah um and yeah was, but was that's, good. that's getting back to like you know they're actually building on that universe that they created back which, in those which, tales the tmnt issues and which is like is something that i mentioned that like it's it's nice that they're addressing things that they've introduced before like so not so like now you know it feels like things are finally paying off yeah yeah really i mean we haven't seen like cousin sid or the thieving god guy but like the rest of Tales Volume One, 
has been used somewhere along the, mm-hmm. the the width of volume one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what uh, I think it's really cool that they, that they're finally doing that now, but at the same time we say they're finally doing that now, but you know, really they only wrote those seven issues of tales and the return of New York arc. And then like the first, like 13 or 15, I think it's like 15 issues of of the mirage series so honestly they don't have that much book even out for them to then have follow-up stories to pay off on you know because the rest is the guest era Mm -hmm. so they are finally building a universe yes but at the same time it's like they they've taken a long time as in many years to do it but there's not really a whole lot there until now for them to actually finally be able to build on top of it that's a good point. We got to remember, like, in the middle of this, they were managing a multi-million dollar international powerhouse franchise. Oh, I'm so. going to talk about it in my anchovies. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, gonna t- I'm talking about it in anchovies. So I right. kind of know a transition from issue 48 to 49. I want to talk about the titles of these because, Mike, you mentioned that 49 is called Ripplings. Yeah. yeah. It is not called that. I'm, I'm assuming you're reading, like, a Color Classics reprint or something. Uh, actually, I read um the ultimate really version this time yeah so i got to read the annotations that's interesting uh, yeah because I, I was looking for colored classics version of it and um i could not find one i checked color classics i checked um both the like original color classics and like the volumes and they don't seem to have city at war in them at least on comiXology where i was reading it so uh-huh. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let's read it in black and white. So awesome. I read them in black and white this time. Well, you so, know, Jim Lawson's art works great in black and white. So, you know, what? yeah, cool. like it was definitely easy to see. And it's funny, Keith, you um, I think you posted it on the Instagram earlier today about how uh, Donnie was wearing a skull cap. Mm-hmm. and i was like 100 percent, yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, he not colored as though cap. he is but in black like, and white not according not is. according uh, was it Rhonda who colored it no it was uh oh i have i was reading that in the casey jones best of it's someone from scorpion studios i forget oh, okay. the name but. oh that's in the casey issue that, that just came out yes yes that's uh 48 is in there 49 is not so oh, okay. the first half of the story but I was reading through, like, I have the original prints from Mirage, and it's, the second issue is not called Ripplings, it's just called Shades of Grey Part 2. Yeah, that's what it is on their website as well. I did some digging and found it on Turtlepedia, and apparently it was retitled for the IDW reprints in color. Which is weird, very strange. Huh. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, now that, now that, now that, now that, which is weird because now that I'm thinking about it, like nothing really ripples out of this unless something unless something comes up again in City at War. Like the only ripplings are the one Donatello's looking at in the stream. Yeah, I, there's, I, there's kind of that and what Splinter says to April to make her leave, leave, maybe. But yeah, I, I think two part Shades of Grey one, Shades of Grey two is a better title for me. But. Yeah, I, I think Shades of Grey. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes it makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be alluding to the fact that like everything does kind of start with Casey killing that kid. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. is then disgruntled and like is kind of a jerk to April and like everything else. The other thing that's kind of rippling out, though, more than more than all of this is the fact that they killed Shredder. Yeah. You know, they killed Shredder. Splinter doesn't know what to do beyond this. You know, the turtles haven't really had anything to do. Now there's a whole bunch of chaos happening in the city from the Shredder having died. Uh, oh no, it's the consequences of my actions. Yeah. Now, does Splinter know that they killed Shredder? Because, like, they didn't consult him during Return to New York. It seems like they just pick up and leave during this issue, too, without ever consulting him. Like, is Splinter just, like, completely in the dark about what his children are doing? <laughs> He probably he probably sensed it during meditation. It's nine o'clock. Do you know where your, Do you know where your kids are? are? Yeah, exactly. They're off killing uh, my greatest enemy. Because <laughs> I asked, because I asked them to. Yeah, right. He probably just uh, you know sensed it during meditation. 
Right. Uh, I got a lot of stuff from the original print of this that I want to talk about. So, like I said, they're doing an anthology naming contest. Plastering Ca- Cafe is the winner. Um, Plastering Cafe, yep. Yeah. We also get an ad for a bust of Leo, uh, sculpted by A.C. Farley. If you've ever seen it, they're only like 500 made. It's really cool. Go Google it. It's a really cool s- sculpture. Oh, I bet. Um, Jeez. I wish I had not that. seen it. It's, it's like a... It's like a slice of pizza and then he's like on top of it like it's really cool though it's the ac farley design and everything oh it's so sweet uh we get an ad for new printing of tmnt the collected book number one which is one through eleven and all the micros and an ad for a deluxe facsimile reprint of tmnt number one um and that looks like it has a new cover it's still the cover number one but it's like in the old style not like the cover but like how they drew them in concept art mm. i don't know if either of those were ever printed though so if anyone has any information on those please let me know because i was looking for them on ebay couldn't find nothing uh we get a pinup by eric talbot it's mike typing on a typewriter with clunk uh it says it's taken from an unpublished story by kevin eastman and eric talbot um if you remember back in issue 17 distractions that was like the reveal at the end was it was just mikey typing away so i'm guessing they had another story to tell there and then finally uh, we get an ad for TurtleCon. The entire Mirage crew had a convention in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on August 23rd, 1992. That's the same uh, location where TMNT debuted with number one. So, wow. Oh. Yeah. I want to go to TurtleCon. Yeah, man. You know, everybody's, when they talk about having a time machine, all these important times they go to, I'm like, I would go to Portsmouth, New Hampshire back in 1984 and buy like 18 copies of TMNT number one. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> And to weep as I met Peter Laird. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I know I'm going to get the chance to meet Kevin Eastman someday, but Peter Laird, like I would probably just like weep because I've already like that ship has sailed for me. <laughs> yeah. He's like notoriously retired. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I think in, in the annotations um, for city at war, number one, uh, Kevin mentions that at this point, Peter had stopped flying back and forth. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe it was the annotations for uh, Shades of Grey Part Two. Um, it's for one of them. It's it's for one of those two. But he, but he, but Kevin specifically mentions that like Peter uh, stopped flying at this point. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, apparently he struggles with airplanes. Is what it sounds like flying on airplanes. Yeah, I think I mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, like it was one of the reasons why like Peter's in the, like I don't think he's been to San Diego Comic Con, you know, since the eighties. Yeah. So. so I also struggle to fly. Uh, dear listeners, this is my pro tip. You know, when you fly, you get to bring a X amount of bottles in a gallon-sized bag that are X size, right? Instead of bringing all your shampoo and your lotions, like you're going to somewhere that has that stuff you can buy after you land. Fill it up with mini liquors, and uh, <laughs> then you don't have to pay for any alcohol on the plane. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, make sure someone picks you up after you land. That's that's the important part. Yeah, don't 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 <laughs> don't drink and fly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I noticed in this one is that like the turtles' personalities are really shining through a lot in like the way they talk, uh, in the way they express themselves. Like Raphael, definitely Donatello. You can really tell, and you yeah, know, like- I mean. This is this is like we're definitely getting like the nerdy Donatello now. Yeah, like, they're yeah. not all just like some version of Raph anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever Kevin Eastman writes, I, I I feel like he struggles with that sometimes. They all just kind of become Raphael, but yeah, really getting a like, range of voices. I think the only thing was there wasn't really like Mikey didn't really say anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like I can't I can't think of anything Mikey said in all three of these issues. Yeah, I mean, in in a book where you constantly have like a cast of like at least four main characters, it is going to be tough to have yeah. one of their per- like you know it's going to be tough to get all of their personalities to shine. Oh yeah, through, like you know, I mean, and that's and that's something that like Turtles always struggles with. Like, there's always episodes that are very much like somebody got the short end of the stick, like. Yeah. You know, look, look at even the movies do it. Like, look at the 2007 movies example that sticks out. Like, what do Donatello and Mikey do? Like, it's pretty much a Raph and Leo movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, pretty much all the movies are Raph and Leo movies. 
Yeah, right. I mean, like I mean, 1990, like even 1990, like the first 1990 movie, like what does Donatello do? Like, yeah, like you know, other, and same other, with Mikey as well. You know, like Donatello's like only thing he he's known for in the first movie is Bossa you know, Nova, por- Bossa Nova, <laughs> pork rind, pork rind. Um, you're a claustrophobic. You're a claustrophobic. Okay, there's a couple things. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say the I was gonna say the name calling fight with Casey too. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing that I think of when I think of Donatello in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But like like I don't know, like everybody's got their moments to shine in the first movie. Like it's yeah, you know, yeah, in the second movie is where it all kind of falls apart. Then it becomes like Donatello and Raf. Mm-hmm. And then in the third movie it's Mikey and uh Raf. So like yeah. Raf's the only one who gets consistent representation in every media. Yeah, which is probably I mean there's the whole thing of like, you know, Raph is the most popular, but sometimes I feel like it's the most popular because he's just given more chances to shine. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's the, it's the Cyclops fallacy. Everyone thinks Cyclops is a jerk, but it's because they all write him to be a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you cool. find good, you find a good Cyclops story. Like he's not a jerk. And it's easier to write action for Wolverine because that's just, what he does you know he fights first and asks questions later exactly with Raphael. yeah but back to these comics yes <laughs> apparently uh knocking casey off the log is a reference to an old robin hood book according to peter laird uh, i believe it is a reference specifically to robin hood prince of thieves is that so is that a movie is that a book that is a movie movie all right uh that is one of my all-time favorite robin hood movies uh, starring Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman and Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham. I like when they parody that in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, yep. Like, Spencer, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but they, they have two sticks. They're fighting on a bridge, just like uh, Casey and Don. And uh-huh. they keep hitting, and the sticks break in half. And so they throw one half of the stick away and keep fighting. And eventually they have like just a two inch little piece they're going away. <laughs> they're like with. pencils that they're fighting yeah, with. Yeah. And one guy knocks the other guy off and instead of falling into a river he falls into this little like trickling creek we still like ah, i can't swim even though it's like I'm drowning. half an inch I'm it's like a half inch of water yeah it's hilarious <laughs> it's the best bit in that whole movie <laughs> honestly yeah ramen Hood, prince of the San ramen Hood, men in tights like you kind of have to watch both of them in fact when we we did that on my old podcast uh we talked about prince of thieves one week and then men in tights the immediately the week after nice I have not seen either either of these. Ah, you. I mean, I think I think Prince of Thieves still holds up very well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's you. It's not accurate at all. It's very much like an American movie. Um, But like something about it, like it just hits. And like Kevin Costner is like, he has an English accent and then like drops it immediately, and everyone else is (laughs) having a good time. but no, I think I think Prince of Thieves still holds up, and then Men in Tights is a parody of specifically that and a lot of other Robin Hood media. Okay. In fact, yeah, the a only famous line in uh, Men in Tights where uh, the sheriff asks him, "Like, why should we? Like, why should we believe you?" And Robin looks at the camera. And he's like, "Because, like, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent." <laughs> like directly making fun of yeah the other movie yeah that's funny yeah the only robin hood that i really like grew up watching was the uh animated disney one which is definitely the most accurate one for sure uh it's definitely you know? yeah, yeah it definitely is yeah <laughs> okay so the the guy that april's talking about meeting like that helped her out um on the motorcycle like have we met him before did we did I miss that somewhere? I think you might have missed. It was when she broke down on her way back to Northampton. A guy stops and is like, do you need help? And he doesn't have a name or anything. But, but like, what issue was that? I don't remember. It was in 48. It was in Chase of Grey Part 1. Was it really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like a, there's like one page where she breaks down. I think she kicks the tire or something. And a guy shows up and is like, hey, do you need help? Wow, that's, I that's totally to missed it. reading that. <laughs> well, I mean, because after that, like Casey kills a dude. Like, why would you remember that? <laughs> you know? I guess, yeah. Like, holy crap. The only reason that I remembered it is because I wrote it down. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and I don't know that they ever talk about him again. 
I think it's also interesting that like they are already kind of shipping April with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, uh, like you know, everyone's like, oh, Casey and April, match made in heaven. It's like even in Mirage, not really. Like they're friends, but they've never been like they've never been flirty with each other. They've never like. Yeah, I mean, like, this is this is something I've said for a while though. Is like Casey and April, they they do not work as a couple. Like, I mean, at least at least in especially in the Mirage version, it kind of depends on the version from from version mm-hmm. to version. Like IDW, they're both like probably early twenties. Anyone can really get together at that point. But like, as far as like a couple that would like stay together, because even in this, they they kind of are together, uh, and, and they've split up. You know, at least Casey has a thing for April, but uh, well, like they get they get married by like volume four, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is you'll see as this story goes on that Casey goes through some stuff to really help him grow up to be able to be someone that could at least, you know, be worth April's. Well, killing a kid time. will do that to you. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it ends up being more than just that, you know. But this, the definitely killing the kid is like his rock bot. Well, this whole his, Casey's whole story throughout this is just—it's sad, man. It's he goes sad, but it is—it is so good. Like this, it's kind of like the first what, time I'm genuinely interested in Casey. Yeah, no, this story arc is what made Casey Jones like one of my favorite Ninja Turtles characters of all time. Like it made me really care about Casey in in a way I never did before reading. All right, all right. I'm interested. You sold me. <laughs> yeah. But you know what didn't sell me? These anchovies. Wait a minute. One last thing about a uh, City at War because we didn't cover it. First issue. This is the last Eastman and Laird drawn and written, done like the old days issue, ever done. Yeah, I, I think they do some covers later on for volume two but as far as interior art this is the last time we ever see them draw on the same piece of paper yeah which is crazy well it's not the last time we see them draw on the same piece of paper because i think they at least they do the inks i know peter laird did the inks for some of kevin's covers for a couple issues in the idw days but as far as like a whole issue done together like this is the last one awesome Uh, uh issue 50 that that wraparound cover obviously it's you know it's issue one but i noticed that on the back shredder's shadow is not there which i thought was kind of a cool little detail because obviously he's dead mm-hmm. and we also get some really sweet pinups i i know i just sent these to you guys already and i'm gonna put them on our instagram too but there's uh, a piece by eric larson of uh uh savage dragon fame a piece by walter simonson of thor fame and a piece by todd mcfarlane of Todd McFarlane fame and then there's a big jam piece by like everyone else in Mirage for like each artist takes a character and draws them all on the same panel it's really really cool so yeah like I really liked that pinup at the end yeah, yeah all right so we ready for the, you know the I salty salty you know what anchovies? I didn't like these anchovies fixed it I fixed my segue <laughs> no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay I call legend low all right, Mike, then kick us off if I don't have any. I don't have, okay, so I don't have anything for Shades of Grey, and I actually don't really have anything for, for Shades of Grey Part 2, Ripplings. Um, most of my anchovies are just with City of War Issue 1. Yeah, um, there's a part in Issue 48 when, like, you know, nobody's cape gets stuck on the swing set. Uh-huh. And, and later on, they run by the swing set the turtles do, and one of the turtles stops and looks at the cape. Like I was reading that in black and white, but it's so dark and muddy. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, like I look through the color one to figure it out. I couldn't, so. I couldn't tell what that was. Um, and then I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my one little anchovy there. But part two, my only anchovy is it just kind of feels like it ends suddenly. Like I yeah. know that it just kind of like it's like Casey gets his butt kicked and then he goes back to where he killed that kid, and the guy's like, Hey, you were right. It's uh it was self-defense. And yeah, like it's, it's just kind of like it ends it ends too fast um and it like i get that i get that casey's drunk and like donnie's trying to give him an out and everything but it's like Mm -hmm. it 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 just kind of feels weird like i don't know it's not like donnie even goes straight to being mad like he gives casey a lot of like chances to get out but something that something about it just it felt weird Mm -hmm. i don't know Uh, yeah 
it's also like you gotta understand or at least i had to understand this is the prequel to city of war so like it doesn't have to answer all the questions right now we've got no 13 right. more right. issues to go so right and i, I mean and i i'm i didn't expect it to i'm just kind of like yeah. it just it felt a little off like donatello being mad uh, he's an even killed guy he's just gotten pushed to his limit you know because casey yeah. pokes him in the face with a stick which like, that's it that you was know? which that was just hilarious he's like oh, the poke, poke, the poke poke dunk uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and look i mean that's the thing though is like we have not really seen Casey and Donatello interact with one another, which they mention most of this. They do book. mention that yeah. in mm-hmm. in the annotations, like they don't, and like, and even Donnie says, like, you got, he's like, you and I don't really have any interests together. Like, yeah, why would I talk to you? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Spencer? Any anchovies for these two? No, I'm I'm totally blank on those. Cool. What you got for issue fifty then, Spence? Um, the only thing that I have is that the old immigrant thing is a little confusing the first time you read it when you suddenly see this character and you've never seen him before and you're like, what is the point of this guy? But like after you read through it and especially if you like reading it this time around, especially like it isn't my first time. Reading it the second time around? The second time <laughs> around, yeah. Uh, it does make sense and I actually really like its use and, yeah. and the whole poetic kind of yeah. thing that it's done so so reading reading this for the first time like you know it, it was very weird and kind of like what why are we following this guy the pacing in issue 50 is it's weird um like i get what was happening but also at the same time i didn't get what was happening mm-hmm. like i didn't understand that everybody was leaving separately Mm-hmm. and then like oh. splinter was staying and then it's like and then there was that one panel where it was like everybody and the immigrant were there and it's like who is the immigrant and why is he important to the turtles yeah yeah i think this is the first time i even realized that that guy is listening to news about his own country i thought he was just some random guy it's yeah. always thrown me about this yeah this, i didn't even this... know i didn't even realize he was an immigrant i didn't either yeah yeah like, the only I... reason why i know that is because of the annotation okay yeah cool like and, and even and it was and it was funny because like I was reading the annotation and I think it was I can't remember if it was Kevin or Peter but they were like they're like you know the idea to put to make him live above above like an adult store probably not the best idea and I was like you know what yeah because I did keep focusing on like why does this guy live above an adult store <laughs> yeah like I, I honestly like I kept focusing on it like why is this adult store so important yeah, it's, it's because they're just really pulling from Frank Miller. You know, I think at this time he probably had Sin City coming out and other stuff like that. That's yeah, and true. like and they yeah. and they're going for like a gritty, grimy New York that was like, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. Like I I get I get what they were going for. It's like it's the same thing with like um Back to the Future 2 and Biff's, you know, Hill Valley is all porn stores. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it was it was it was just really distracting for some reason. See, I I'm okay with him living above a sex shop. I don't understand why the Foot Clan is bombing it though. I mean, I don't yeah, know that it, there's an answer for that, but well, right, but right, and that and that that leads into it. Like, it I don't mind that he was living above it, but it's like okay, then why did the Foot have to blow that up? Like, mm-hmm. and 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 that it just raises more questions by like defining that building as something very specific like that yeah yeah so I've read if, the it story. Was just, if it was just a bodega like okay i could be like okay the bodega didn't want to pay them production money mm. but like oh. why why are they so pissed off with this porn store <laughs> it's such a weird is like it's 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 too many too many questions yeah, yeah i think I it's supposed the story. to be in the annotation he does mention as well that you can because of this you can see i guess the corruption of like shredders you know how far deep he was so like it has to do with these gangs fighting each other and so obviously that well not obviously but i'm get from the annotation what i can gather is that that is supposed to be like one of the front businesses for the foot clan type oh, thing yeah. and so that's why they're bombing it so like it definitely helps after you read the annotation so i guess that that kind of like does make the issue a little weak if you haven't read any of that yeah. uh and that like I, did, I didn't get that i didn't get that from even reading it explained like that, mm-hmm. like I still didn't like. 
it still didn't click with me that it oh, it might be a front for the foot. Yeah. I also like I read the story two or three three times each time i just kind of don't pay attention to that guy <laughs> yeah and i enjoy it i still enjoy the story so it must not be like that necessary to it but this time going through i'm like what is that guy up to like i'm gonna really be paying attention on that old man yeah so. it, it's one of those things that like he serves as like a poetic uh almost like you know an allegory for what's going mm-hmm. on in the story and like where the characters are at in their story He's like uh, in the Watchmen, how that kids read that comic about the pirate and the shark and all that. Yeah, and that's so probably yeah. where they yeah. the Black Freighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, okay, I can I reading it a second time, like I did kind of get it and make more sense, but like at the same time, it still raises too many questions, like why he was living above a porn shop. Yeah, like I just keep going back to that. I mean, I imagine that an apartment above a porn shop is cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fried chicken for dinner, cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dandy's fried chicken. Was all of our anchovies about this old man? Was the rest of it like perfect for everybody? Yeah. Oh uh, no, so. yeah. it was the, it was the pacing. It was the pacing for me yeah. too. It was okay. the pacing. Okay. Um, oh, I had another one for <laughs> for one of the other issues, and I can't remember what it is now. Um, but yeah. Oh well, I lost my anchovy. All right, then. Should we start talking about what we love, then? I think so. Totally. And I love being a turtle! So, just want to start off with all of the following AC Farley covers that we're getting from Shades of Grey on. Spectacular covers. Oh, goodness. I love them. He just, boom, out of the park. Yeah, Everything that guy yeah, draws, I love. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What a talented person. I... I'm so sad he he didn't do more. Like he should have his own like series, mini series, something. Yeah, he working covers for IDW, something like that yeah, guy is like, so talented. Yeah, just let him do some covers for IDW. I mean, we we've seen like some of his books, and some of his books he actually does pretty good on the inside. But I feel like he's definitely one of those artists that's more of a cover artist than like an interior artist. Yeah, he's a prestige artist. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta say, Shades of Grey. I love that Casey's getting in on their exercises. Like he's playing this weird game of hide and seek with them. Yeah, like, like that was that was really kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think Rap has some really good moments in this issue too. Like he's clearly learning like how to think through a problem by yeah. Like he was the one that the came Chevy. up with the plan. He was the one that came up with the plan to like stalk Casey's truck. Yeah, and he totally just stops nobody dead in his tracks of on his all of his uh, arguments about bringing Casey in. Good for you, Rap. Yeah. And then there's I, I like to nobody's cape getting caught in the swing. Like I just, you know, I just think it's funny they kind of throw in a joke in there about the impracticality of capes. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in a real life setting. You know, I love superheroes, I love capes in, in general, but it is funny every once in a while to point out like that uh yeah, capes get caught on things. They're not very practical when you're out running yeah. around chasing bad guys. Should have read the watchmen. It happened in that, yeah. <laughs> no capes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I love, and it's in it's in all three of these issues, is just those. Like, it, and it goes back to Leonardo and those other ones. Just so many of those like wordless mirage scenes and like in in stories where they tell so much of the story with the visuals of the the storytelling and being able to look at it and seeing from panel to panel how the story moves. Mm-hmm. I think that's some of my favorite stuff from the Mirage comic books. It's. I just think it's super cool. You know, it, yeah. these books blew my mind. And this, I guess this kind of goes into to issue 50 as well, but they kind of blew my mind as a teenager when I first read them. Uh, I might've read city at war later because it wasn't free on that website when I, you know, on that Mirage on the Mirage website. Like I was going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't where... talk about reading free <laughs> comics here. Yeah. You used to be able to do it on the Mirage site. We That's how support. I got into it. Yeah. yeah. It was on the Mirage website, and after I read them there, I supported it and like fully. Yeah. You know, I, I have all of the Ultimate Collection. I've bought and I bought a whole bunch of Ninja Turtles stuff now, but uh, it was you know because of those. Like it, like I said, reading these like it blew my mind, and I really got to see what comic books could do and what they could really be. I feel like out of these, uh, getting to like I said, see those wordless scenes where you just kind of move from picture to picture and get to see movement uh issue 50 like the whole poetic uh thing they have going on of like multiple people 
doing similar actions at the same time and having this immigrant kind of work as an allegory and as a, as a segue into and what's going on in his country as a segue into what is going on with the, this, the turtles family. It, I just can't gush enough about how much, <laughs> how much these issues affected the way I, I viewed comics and what like really cemented me as like a comic book fan. Like it's what really made me want to start reading more. Uh, the, the love that I feel like Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird have for comic books in general really shine through uh, in these books, including, you know, back in the ultimate collection ones as well. And it's what made me a comic book fan and, and made me really appreciate the medium for storytelling. It's awesome. Yeah. Like I think this, I, I was telling Keith, like, I think these are like the first issues where I was like, I really want to keep reading. Mm-hmm. like reading all three of these in a row and kind of like kind of knowing the ramp up that's that's happening um is really excited and it, it this definitely feels like this definitely feels like kevin and peter have like grown and you know it's not a parody book anymore mm-hmm. yeah like, it's really its own thing at this point Oh, speaking of, now I remembered my anchovy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to dial it back then real quick. Uh, I just thought it was funny that like they were celebrating issue 50 as like this huge milestone. And granted, yeah, not every comic book makes issue 50, but also like for most of this run, it was like an anthology. Like it wasn't even like a continuous run. It's not a 50 issue yeah, fair story. Enough. Yeah. And, and yeah. Granted, like, again, it's not, not to downplay the celebration or anything, but like, you know, Turtles was already a, you know, billion dollar empire at that point. Yeah. So this would have been issue like 20 or 21 from Eastman Lear. Cause you got one through 11 plus the four micros, it's 15 plus the three return to New York. That's 18 shades of gray part one and two gets you up to 20. And then this would have been issue 50 would have been their 21st issue together. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and so like, they're treating it like, Oh, like it's, it's our issue 50. And it's like, okay, yeah, technically that is the number on the front of that, of that comic. But like, yeah, it's not really issue 50. <laughs> Again, though, a multi-million dollar international media empire between like, those I don't, issues. Like, there was no, like, I don't think there was any doubt that they would have hit issue 50. Yeah. But it's like, but at the same time, it's like uh, uh, issue fifty asterisk. Yeah, and really, I, anyway. I kind of miss Kevin and Peter. Like that was something I loved about issue fifty is just seeing them draw together. Yeah, bringing um, it back. Like like I said, it, it definitely feels like a different Kevin and Peter than what started this. Yeah, um, and you're right. Like their art is just like it's on fire. Mm-hmm. Um. Like the, because I think in the annotation, like Kevin, uh, Peter mentions that he only did like two pages, really. Mm. Oh, really? Huh. And like, but you, but you can tell because even Kevin's, like, all of Kevin's pages are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They've been drawing a, apart from each other too. They've each kind of grown their own way. Coming back, it looks looks similar but different and fresh. You know. Yeah, because I, I think in the annotation, like, Ke- I think it's this one where Kevin mentions that like Peter stopped going to the west coast so when so kevin was doing it and then like when he got back like peter had done a page or something Mm. it's kind of like that they're painting like donatello to be the outsider instead of Raphael. like he's the one that stays back he's the one that is on his own looking in a puddle which that that spread when he first casey first finds him is amazing oh yeah it's such a good yeah like i love the way it's drawn and like how the how the angle keeps shifting but it's on the same page like it's really cool yeah, yeah. yeah the the layout yeah with the crisscross logs yeah mm-hmm. yeah where you're going from thing to thing we were in the page before that when casey yeah. kind of just like breaks through and like don's sitting on that log and there's that river running below him like that's yeah. beautiful jim lawson just knocks that out of the park it looks so good yeah no he's so good at drawing nature it's i mean it's because of these these issues that i just read and i just seen that jim lawson art that i went onto the mirage licensing website and bought planet racers like decided to finally pull the trigger <laughs> on it nice uh, nice, to nice. read their book <laughs> love it to read him and peter's book because i was like i really 
like Jim Lawson's art, especially like in, in these issues. I like this era of Jim Lawson. Modern Jim Lawson, I like, but I, I don't know if I could read a whole book about it. Jim Lawson's one of those guys, like, his style has changed so much over the years. I'm like, oh, yeah. Even even since can, the end of volume four. But you like, can see, you, it's different. You can, you can see the beginning of modern gym style here. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I don't know. I like modern Jim Lawson style. I like this Jim Lawson style. I, I like I, modern gym. <laughs> I just don't like it for turtles. I think that's my issue. Uh, and see, even his turtles have evolved in the last 10 years. Like, if you look at his Instagram, now his turtles don't, like, have a protruding snout anymore. He's uh-huh. got to have, like, a flat face. Oh, like, I haven't looked at it's, it in a while. He's continued to evolve his style. Uh, after 30 years of drawing the same characters, he's still finding new ways to draw them, which is amazing. Which, yeah. I mean, which is really cool, like, you know, to see someone like him. Like, and this, this is a mirage legend, you know? Yeah, I, he's got to be, like, the most prolific uh tmnt artist of all time i mean he's done so many comics the interiors of so many comics i also really like in these issues because like for the first time since northampton i mean we kind of got a little bit in in return to new york but not so much but we're getting like character development again yeah Uh, you know we're we're seeing the family fracturing and it's sad but it's done so well (laughs) you know like we're getting each character developed or having april you know, beginning to realize like, man, I, I want to go out with this guy. Like I want to be able to just go on a date with a guy, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and get to know a guy, but I have to worry about getting to know a guy because then he might discover the turtles, you know? And so she's kind of wanting to have some semblance of a real life, which is understandable. You know, we get to see Casey, you know, doing his normal fooling around being a vigilante and fighting people and realizing that, uh, he's an adult now, <laughs> you know, he can't just go like brawling with children. Otherwise he might kill one, uh, you know, so we're getting so much, you know, so many different characters, you know, seeing stuff about him, like Donatello kind of starting to take his own path. you you mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super cool that what they're doing here. Finally, it feels kind of weird to be like, so excited for a story that I know is so bleak, you know, yeah. like, like nothing good happens to the turtles or really April or Casey in the next 13 issues. But like, I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> but it brings them so much growth and I know. Yeah. And, and yeah. then there's this anyway. Yeah. And, and then it does, you know, it does kind of have somewhat of a happy ending. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to keep reading this. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, this is the first time, like, I want, like, I want to keep reading mirage or yeah we keep reading mirage mm-hmm. like i said just keep doing it just make sure you have your summaries ready to go thursday night <laughs> otherwise don't I don't tell, care don't what tell me what to do <laughs> yeah, you enjoy it how you want to enjoy it but um i'm just saying i'm not stopping you we're not stopping you from <laughs> reading it is what i'm saying but no it's yeah like i'm really excited to finally read these um i've got a couple issues of the original city at war like floating around in my long box so i you know it'll be like the first time i get to read a physical issue nice yeah and then the other thing that i love this is from issue 50 are we done talking about oh we've been been jumping around around. everywhere so yeah Yeah, we've been jumping around everywhere but in issue 50 (laughs) i love the the fractured pieces from the exploding bomb and like i don't know if it was originally like a three or four page like spread but even just reading it page by page in the ultimate collection you can just like see the motion of the glass exploding out as you go to the next page and the next page it feels so cinematic and it's super cool and does it in a way that you i mean you could maybe do that with like a live action movie or with like animation but it definitely really really works in a comic book format uh those things that comic books can really do i almost think it was supposed to be like uh you know when it's issue 10 when this when they finally show the shredder in uh, mm-hmm. the second time around store like in the original comic that was like a a gatefold that came out so it was actually like a three-page spread yeah and i almost i almost think that that was supposed to be that but it actually gets chopped up into like two two-page spreads and a one-page mm-hmm. spread so. yeah but it still works like i said yeah which is yeah what's totally. so cool about it yeah uh, as you go from page to page you can like feel the motion you know and see it in the in the glass going to the next page I'm a huge fan. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> it's good. It's good to talk about stuff we like. Yeah. 
And I guess that's the other thing that I guess I will add, you know, made me like a a real big comic book fan because it really made me see the work and things that go to the medium is that like Eastman and Laird do have their criticisms of these issues, you know, as much as I've gushed about them and getting to read those criticisms and like see what they were talking about when it came to talking about panels and layouts and, and reading that stuff. Yeah. Like I said, it really like brought me behind the scenes on comics to see how much of an art form it really is in, in storytelling and in, in moving a, a story along. Man, I got to get those ultimate collections because I, I would like some behind the scenes of like this entire series. I don't have yeah. that. So yeah. it's, it's cool. They're, they're all, I think they have like the first five, they may even have six out now in paperback. So okay. they're real, real affordable now. Awesome. I'll have to look into that. Anything else before we move on to news? That's it, man. I'm I'm jazzed to read these. Same. I'm right. probably gonna read them after we're done. What a good clip, man! Like we're getting into the good part of season three of the '87 show, where we're the penultimate story of uh, volume one. Uh, we're we're at a good spot right now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then let's do some news. Hey guys, this is Future Spencer here, uh, editing these episodes. We talk a little bit more about what we love in our bonus content after the episode this week, specifically about the Foot Elite versus the Foot Ninja scene, because it's super cool and we couldn't believe we forgot about it. Make sure you stay tuned to listen to that, because we have a lot of fun talking about it. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Was there anything this week? I feel like we're in that lull after San Diego Comic-Con still. Yeah, we have a new issue that should be coming out this next Wednesday. Uh, it's part of the, the main line. Let me see here. I think it's 120. Yeah, uh, coming out August 25th. It's the print date. Okay. There's still uh, Sophie Campbell on that? Yes. Cool. Yeah, still Sophie Campbell on that. The Armageddon games has already come out. Uh, that one was Tom Waltz on it. Again, he's back. Um, outside of that, though, there's there's no other uh, Ninja Turtle series coming coming out right now. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if she's. I mean, I imagine she is in Armageddon games because it's supposed to be like a big event. But I could really go with like a side like mini series or something that's like the mute animals but instead it's like a buddy cop angel and herald story <laughs> where like like where he's kind of almost like her alfred talking to her behind the scenes and like angel is out investigating or figuring something out like that's you know been big trouble in her current neighborhood that would be Pretty super cool. cool i just want more ray filet frankly or i guess it's probably man ray and that's great it is man ray really cool character so spencer what are we doing next week so because we're so psyched about City at War and like this is Mike's first time reading it through and we all really want to read through it, we're going to just be covering City at War until we finish it. And then we'll go back to switching back and forth to the cartoon. So next week. I'll fake you guys out. We're excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy uh, you, you pulled an audible on us there, Spencer. I can't wait to read the rest of this. <laughs> Me too. So it's going to be numbers 51 through 53 this week. So that's City at War, part two through four. Awesome. Man. All right. Well, in closing, too, one last thing I'd like to throw out there is happy anniversary to the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who 10 years ago this month started its amazing, amazing run. Like, I'm rereading it right now. Keith, I think, is rereading it right now. Spencer, yeah. are you rereading it right now? Um, I just kind of yes, you are. Finished all right. reread <laughs> all, a little all bit three ago, of us so. here celebrating. Yeah. Mine's going in spurts, but yes, I'm doing. I'm it. also going in spurts, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it's it's wild to think like how much has changed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was reading the Donatello issue the other day, and it was just like, wow, <laughs> it's so different nowadays. Well, crazy too that it's, it survived two cartoons and an entire movie franchise and it's still going yeah yeah like it like this is this is the most consistent turtles we've ever had mm-hmm. 
Like great time to be a turtle fan. Like you said, like it's outlived two cartoons and uh, and a movie incarnation franchise. Yeah, and like you know, depend even if you don't like even like the current direction that the series is going in right now, like there are because you know I mean it's it is true that there are some people who don't like it. If you're on the internet, you know this, but uh, (laughs) yeah, just like anything, we don't like those guys. Just like anything that changes um you know people don't like it uh but yeah, again guys it's fine if you it's fine if you don't like the current direction of the series but don't pretend it's bad yeah but like there's a hundred and like 25 at least like that's including like tmnt universe as the side issues and that's not even including all the villain micro series and everything else uh in that yeah. first run you got bebop and rocksteady destroy time. everything yeah that's one of the best books in all of idw yeah it is it's super fun and and so yeah you've got all of that storytelling there so many years worth of it like if you haven't checked it out yet you really should just gonna say it like if you haven't you really should because shredder in hell you got oh like the mutanimals miniseries mutanimals miniseries it's like easily 200 issues like i know it's issue one through 100 but the the full gamut of it is easily I like bebop and rocksteady hit the road as much as destroy everything yeah but, i like destroy everything more too yeah oh yeah it's yeah and then also you got the last ronin yeah i mean the last one's coming out currently and you know it's a different continuity but still another but it's, IDW but it's from idw yeah like yeah. it's it's a great time to be a turtle fan guys and you know what we love all turtle fans here. So if you like the show, let us know somewhere on the internet uh, by hitting up Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you want to leave a review on the podcasting app of your choice, that helps us learn uh, what you think of the show and uh, helps other people f- uh, find it through that algorithm. Um, but we appreciate every one of you who listens to the show, comments on uh, the Facebook and you know on, on Twitter and all that stuff like we wouldn't be doing this. I mean, we would be doing this without you guys, but we also enjoy doing it for you guys. So. Yeah. So that's our show this week. Thank you so much for listening again. Until next time. Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Poke, poke, donk. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I I forgot all quotes. <laughs> that was the only thing that I could remember. That was like I I barely remembered Shades of Grey, but I remember that poke poke donk. Like, show me what you got, you know. <laughs> and Donato just beats him. <laughs> you could have just done one of like you know Raphael's counterpoints to nobody. Just read a whole like mini monologue back. Yeah, to we'll, we'll sign off you monologue. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. So yeah, uh, no, I'm stu- I'm stupid jazzed for these. Yeah. So uh, Spencer, Mike sent me a list of a couple comics he was missing from IDW. I'm gonna keep an eye out for at this Comic Con. If you want to send me a list of anything you're 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 seeking, I might see if yeah. I can find it. So. I don't know. I'm yeah. not I'm not like a massive massive collector. I'm just kind of okay. someone that picks stuff up casually as I. I'm mostly trying to get it I so go. I can. I'm mostly trying to get them so I can sell my books as a lot, Keith. Yeah. So, uh, like, don't pay much above retail if you find them. 
I'm, I mean, I'm a nice guy, but that was my plan anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you find like, if you find if you find him for retail, like, definitely I'm interested. But like, okay. if somebody if somebody's charging like, you know, twenty bucks for issue eighty two, then like, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. I don't know what happens in issue eighty two. Uh, I think that is Triceraton War. That makes sense. It's either it's either. Um, Triceraton War or Toad Prince. I can't remember which one. Or to- Toad Baron. Uh, it looks like it's Toad Baron. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But also, I found two of those issues on eBay, too. So I might just buy them there. Okay. I think 82 is the one I can't find. Gotcha. I'll keep an eye out. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Judith Hogue is coming to my my con. No way. That's awesome. September. Yeah. Fan- there you go. She's coming to Fanex. I forgot to mention that. Oh, and I also forgot to mention the other thing that I loved in that issue. The freaking fight scene with the foot of Ninja Ninja and the other oh, foot Oh, yeah. How did we miss that? Was, How I don't know. We that was so cool. completely skipped over that. Yeah. Oh, hit that record button again. Let's do oh, bonus content here. Yes. Oh, oh bonus man. Content. Bonus oh, content, guys. All right. Man, man the foot elite foot fight. Elite. Holy, Holy crap. <laughs> that is the gritty turtles that I was like, that I was expecting. He just, yeah. like, he doesn't kill those it's one foot elite against a bunch of foot soldiers. He doesn't kill them. He mauls them. And the way a bear would attack you in the woods, like is complete defeat. <laughs> oh man. And he's, and he's barefoot. He's barefoot. He chases that guy down across several rooftops and cuts his head off with his own sword. And then yeah. like, it's no, but like the way brutal. he like throws him away, like, holy crap. Yeah. I did not expect that. Man. All I can think of was like, man, I want an action figure of that guy. <laughs> i think didn't neca make some back so neca made a foot one foot elite figure it was in the new york comic-con villains pack that's to right com- yeah. I, to complement the um the the vintage mirage pack mm-hmm. so in fact like the shadow um like the loot crate shredder that they came out with uh I think it was last year now um that one is the same mold as the that one. Oh, okay cool but they have not released the foot elite ninja since then not because cool. they, they've used the they've used the foot soldiers in that set a couple times and they've used that shredder a couple times but they've not reused the foot elite so here's hoping someday yeah yeah i'm gonna have to like add a little insert in the episode and be like we also forgot a scene <laughs> that we talk about after the show stay for the yeah i can't believe we forgot that hey guys this is future spencer here yeah yeah i can't believe we forgot about that scene either because man yeah that scene is so cool i love it anyway i'd better be getting to bed yeah Yeah, i gotta eat dinner yeah i could gush about these issues all day no i'm excited i'm i'm gonna start reading them tonight yeah we still got a group chat going. We we fine. Oh, yeah. speaking of, who wants uh who wants what for next week? We see. I mean, I'm reading these all for the first time, so I don't know. So I can't remember what happens in each individual issue. So neither do we just go in order next time. Yeah, yeah let's go in order. Spencer, Keith, Mike. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So I'll do 52. Spencer, you're 51. Mike, pick three. Cool. Cool. All right. Take care of yourselves. Bye, guys. Yeah, you guys too. Bye. Bye.